0: So this will be a fun message today, I'm not going to lie, and I'm also not going to lie about how sore I am. <laughs> if you're going to interview Steve Sharon and, and kind of get to know his story, you have to you have to plan for like 48 hours of working out in the gym, <laughs> just so Steve goes, dude, let's go hit the gym and we can talk, and I'm like, all right. So Steve had me lifting 300 pounds, I think right off the bat, no, more like more like 20 pounds, bench lift 20 pounds. So we've been hanging out in the gym, getting to know one another, and um, to be honest, I had the Privilege to get to know Steve and meet when Myra and I first visited the island. And Damon, Damon Hargraves had, had introduced us and he said, You got to get to know Steve. And the reason why is you got to get to know Steve because of, because of what God's done in his life. And uh, I thought, This is going to be cool. So we hiked Old Woman Mountain. I don't think it was snowing then, I think it was raining a little bit. And we survived that. We got to see like two feet of fog when we got to the top of the mountain. So, you, you know, you're looking out for a beautiful mountain view, and, and it's foggy that day. But we've had plenty of beautiful mountain scenes since then. So, in your word, you don't have sermon notes today, but if you have your Bibles or your Bible app on your phone, we'll be in Philippians 2, 3 through 10 today. And I'm going to share a little bit, and then we'll get to the good stuff. Then we'll, get, we'll have Steve come up and join us. So, we're talking about intimacy Intimacy is, honestly, it's, it's the most challenging and the most rewarding um, state of being there is. It's just true. Like, how, how many people willing to admit anything worth going for in life is what? Is worth, is, is a lot of work, and it's really hard. Like, anything in life worth doing is going to be work. And intimacy is one of those things. We struggled with it from the beginning. So we talked about in the first few weeks about how, you know, when God created Adam and Eve, he created man and woman and gave them to each other. Like, even they struggled with intimacy, like, right off the bat. Like, their choices were like, I'm going to do my thing, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, like, do what I want to do, and, and God, you do your thing, like, since the beginning. We also talked about intimacy as closeness. It's knowing, it's wanting. I mean, think about that for a minute. The things that, that, make our relationships different. Like, if you're in a dating relationship, if you're in love with someone, if you've been married a while, the things that make that relationship different is you want to be close to that person. I mean, you want to know that person more, right? And you have a desire, a a wanting for that person. Um, And as we talked about last week, sometimes what gets in the way? Conflict. (laughs) Like, all of our relationships are going to happen. Like, the honeymoon's over, and then what happens? Conflict sparks, you know. um, What we call in marriage counseling or premarital counseling, we call it disillusionment. Like, and I guarantee you it's going to happen. That's when we find out who that person really is, and that's who we find out who we really are. You make it to disillusionment. And then hopefully, if we get our heads screwed on straight again, right? If we start going in a direction that honestly God made us for since the beginning we finally get to maturation honeymoon disillusionment maturation so that's marriage counseling premarriage counseling if you didn't do it there's your 32nd you know 32nd marriage counseling bold intimacy requires wisdom and work it requires choosing to make more deposits, deposits than withdrawals so last week we talked about marriage as a bank account are relationships with a bank account. And I had everybody in here, so maybe those of you who didn't do it can do it today. Write down the, the number, your balance right now on your bank account. Like, put that number down. If it's in the positive, awesome. If it's in the negative, put it in red writing and then hold it up for everyone to see. Like, that's insufficient, right? Insufficient funds. Relationships are also just like that bank account. And God's Word, and I'm gonna read it for us in a second, is helping us to make more deposits into one another to make more, you know, encourage to build one another up. And especially, w- it's important when, when we run into that conflict. And it's, it's going to happen to all of us. 1 John 4, 7 through 8 says, Let us love one another, for love comes first from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. We see that from the beginning. This next verse is just for husbands and wives. First Peter, and that's our topic today, except we're going to spin it a little differently. It's a disclaimer. We're going to hear the man side of the marriage, right? Like, who, who's, who's all the men in the house? Let's say, all right, finally the men get to have a voice, you know. We're going to hear the man side of the marriage. Next week, we're going to have a panel of ladies. So y'all, y'all make sure you come back for the panel of ladies. But today, it's going to be Steve sharing the man's perspective. 1 Peter 3, 7 through 12 talks about this. It helps us out. It says, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Who's heard that before? Live with your wives in an understanding way. Myra and I have been married for 22 years, and I I think I've finally come to grips with what what this first line of scripture actually means. It's my job as the man, as the husband, to live with her in in an understanding way. It's my job to kind of submit to that. That's God's design for me, and he made her a certain way, and she's a what? She's a gift to me. It's not her job to live with me in an understanding way. It's my job to live with her and I'm kidding part. That, that, that's true also, by the way, but it's on the man's shoulders first. Showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you in this grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Finally, all of you, This is to all of us. Have unity in mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reveling for reveling, but on the contrary, bless. For this is who you were created to be. That you may obtain a blessing. And then this last part. And then I'll invite my brother and friend up here. For whoever desires to love life and see good days... Hopefully that's your desire, right? To, li- to live this life to the full and to see good days. Like, I, that's what I'm driving towards, right? Until, until God takes me to heaven. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil, his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. One of my favorite scriptures all, I'll read it. Bef- I'll read it as we get ready. Steve, come on up. I'll share it with you. One of my favorite scriptures was also a, a theme of of a conference that we did. This is for you, bro. Yeah. And I'll let Britt. Britt, would you mind grabbing that mic for Steve? Yeah, we'll we'll let you have this handheld. Yeah. Steve Steve's a man with a plan. He's like, I'm gonna grab that mic and I'm gonna speak through it. <laughs> One of my favorite seasons of life was. Um, watching men, even myself, even my oldest son, who's now 22 in college, and it came from this one passage in Corinthians, and it comes from Paul. The, the entire um, conference was, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, and let all that you do be done in love. Like, I love it. Like, once I saw that scripture, I'm like, that's it. Um, and we'll talk more about that here in a minute. Glad you're here, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're on now.
1: Cool. Uh, thanks for all my swimmer brothers showing up. It's really cool. You guys show up to give me some love, cheer me on. <laughs> Goose, awesome to see you here, man. <laughs> Just put up 275 on bench, by the way. Nice. In case anyone didn't know. It's pretty well done. awesome. Well done. Um, so this is a really, it's a very personal story. Um, some people in this room were kind of part of this and saw at Doc Sheffield who's been a friend and mentor for like seven years now as my flight doc had sort of saw me progress through this. Uh, John DeSaul, who uh, was at the schoolhouse when I was at the shop in East City kind of saw some of this progression. So some of the people here kind of watch me grow through this. Nice. And uh, if you're looking for the story of like God found a guy, like, kneeling behind his sword on a mountaintop with, like, his hair blowing in the wind. And, like, you know how Damon probably found God? Um, like that, that's how I picture it. Like, you just feel the flowers, and God, like, whispers, and he's like, here I am. Um, th- this is not even close to that story. That's this is like, here, here I am. Here I am. Um, this is more of, like, uh, Jesus is hiding behind a door with a two-by-four, they shaped into a bat and just cracked me in the face with it.
0: At least that's the most,
1: ab- think uh, The Rock and Walking Tall, except The Rock is Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like the car that he busts up. That's, um, a, that's
0: actually a better definition for what Jesus looks like and what he did. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty ripped. A little manly. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it PG-13, but I'm going to be completely honest with who I was and where I was. Um, let's roll into it. Yeah. All right, so my, my background um, I grew up the exact opposite of Leslie Fields. So in suburbs of DC, only child, wanted for nothing. My dad ran an arcade distribution business. My mom was a technical editor. Um, I mean, I, unlike her, I didn't have to worry about where my next doctor's visit was coming from or food was going to be on the table. I had everything I needed. But there were still spiritual things missing. I just didn't have. So I never got that foundation. Um, My dad's parents divorced, which as you guys know, that kind of, there's a ripple there and it takes time. But it's magnified when it's a bunch of Germans.
0: Um, (laughs) It's pretty loud, right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty passionate. Germans
1: are not big on like snuggling. (laughs) It's just not a thing. Uh, And so his parents, German woman, Air Force mechanic, met in Germany and uh, divorced later very loud, could be very angry people. And anger was always a big issue for us and something I struggled with much of my young life. Um, And, you know, I'm a guy, still struggle with, because, well, I'm a guy who's descended from Germans. (laughs) Um, So my parents were never really on the same page, so there was kind of a back and forth of parenting styles. So I grew up kind of spoiled, no clear discipline lines, like they were there, but they weren't. And just needing to grow up a, on a pretty big level, so um, got into college, wound up in collegiate athletics, wound up in a very large program that had a lot of renown, and that was a big piece of
0: who I was, is a big identity piece. So you, you can brag a little bit. What school is that? Let's see. Uh, uh, Auburn University. Just, it was just Auburn, that small school, you know, in the e- east side of the U.S. So I was a
1: very very small <laughs> fish in a uh, larger pond. Um, And that played into a lot of my character flaws. We thought we had, you know, athletics was God. It wasn't that I wasn't going to church. And uh, all those guys were atheists. And we would seek out Christians, love to seek out Christians and engage them because we were smarter. Red Hitchens, Red Dawkins, thought we were super fancy, super smart. We know better than you, you silly Christians and your beliefs. And uh, would just love, love nothing more to engage a Christian and try and make them feel silly about their beliefs. Because we were arrogant. And on top of that, we were, everyone in the house I was living in was an Olympian and half of them had medals. So that, it wasn't hard to find a date. And there wasn't a lot of respect for that date. It was uh, something you'd go get, right? It was uh, something that would be another thing to brag about. Because it was about us. We were arrogant, and that's just how we viewed things. Mm-hmm. And that played into how I treated others, how I looked at myself, how I viewed women. And that would come back early in our marriage to just really hurt us. Um, so we dated for like six days. Yeah, talk about how you guys first met. Like, what, how did you guys meet? Uh, we were at a party at a house that's now demolished. <laughs> And uh, she finished a Jim Carrey quote. <laughs> like, I started it, and she finished it, and I was like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Wh- what was the quote? Do you remember? I think it was one? from
1: Bruce Almighty. I don't nice. remember which one it was. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah it was, go it's, it's it. a solid one. <laughs> before he went downhill. Um, and uh, we talked for like about a month, and we dated for about six days and broke up, right? Just didn't work out. And for some reason... And this was, I was a sophomore, you were a freshman, so 19 and 18. And then when I was a senior and she was a junior, we randomly met back up and I texted her one day and we bumped into each other at a place we were going for dinner in Atlanta. And then, you know, hey, we're gonna date. Then like four months later, like five months later, I asked her dad for permission. And he was like, yeah, sure. Go for it, man. Also, you need a job. Per-
0: permission, permission to marry her? Yeah. So let me, let me ask you this, so just because everybody's wanting to know. I can feel it. Like, who broke up first, though? Was it you or her? Was it mutual, or what, what happened?
1: There's a really long story <laughs> kind of involving, like, our two friends. And it's like, no, please don't. Please it, it's don't a good story. I'll tell you one-on-one.
0: It involves a hitman. man.
1: Ted's um, <laughs> serious. All right.
0: So we'll fast forward. You're at the point, and, and you realize you want to marry her.
1: Yeah. I, well, I mean, I knew pretty much right away. Like, that was like a given. Um, she was it. It was clear. You know, that piece, something inside me sc- was screaming that, and I followed it. That's cool. You
0: know, that was probably God, yeah. and uh, I just didn't know it at the time. Yeah. And at this, p- and at this point, are either one of you in church, do, you, do you no. either one of you have a faith background? Or no. So no spiritual kind of walk?
1: I would have loved to find you at like a coffee shop and engage you to try and make you feel bad about yourself. Cool. Because I thought you were a stupid Christian. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> flat out, that's the arrogance we had and that's how we viewed things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so, we get married and our first, we go into the Coast Guard because uh, her dad's like, you need a job. I was like, that looks cool. I'll do that. Um, so, going to the Coast Guard, we wind up in Maine and it's like the roughest year we've ever had. I mean, I, I even, we fought constantly because we didn't have a foundation. We didn't know how to turn to each other. We didn't know how to address these issues, like people who could turn to God, turn to a church family like we have here. And uh, I, I mean, to point out how I was, I remember at one point grabbing a suitcase and throwing it into the living room and just being like, fine, pack, go. And that was, you know, that was kind of part of some of the stuff I learned that throw up your hands It's somebody else's problem, let me put the blame on you, so it's not my responsibility for this thing failing.
0: Yeah, talk about that for a minute. Um, when we when we were working out, right, with my 120 pounds or 240, what is it, Gustav? What are we lifting these days? <laughs> 270. Yeah. yeah, you looked good. Yeah, thank you. And um, I have more of the laptop body where I use my hands a lot more than than <laughs> so than you Coast Guard guys. No. Um, but you you had mentioned your words were weaponized.
1: Yeah, we would take things that weren't supposed to be weaponized and use them. Mm. Find, like, something that was a flaw of ours, something that was um, personal, and weaponize it against the other person because it was easy. Like, it was easy to take the cheap shot that really, like, in that one big chink in the armor, mm. which we had a lot, especially because we didn't have the foundation we needed, and we'd pinpoint that and we'd go for it. I mean, we'd... We fought dirty. Mm. Um. So we just trudge through that, get picked up for ASTA school, which is well, you go to an Airman program for months, and then you go to ASTA school, and a guy like John forges you into a more productive human <laughs> for a specific <laughs> need. Um, And uh, I I rolled in, and part of, like I said, maturity was a big issue. I lacked discipline, lacked maturity. And I rolled in, and I walk into the office, and now, uh, at the time, Senior Chief John Hall, guys will know what I'm talking about, just sitting there like that, and he ensured that I got discipline. Faith wasn't part of it, but discipline absolutely was. Hmm. I mean, you, you did not make mistakes with him. Yeah. And uh, developed a good relationship with him because I just okay.
0: Emil has the same program for our Greeter team. If you if you join yeah. the Greeter team, Emil's pretty disciplined. Yeah. He's pretty. He judo chops. <laughs> <him once. laughs> you um, gotta do communion right. Right, Kim. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs>
1: All right. So so an- enough background on like why I was not a great human. So we continued that kind of stuff throughout the marriage. Right. Get out of school. Come back to the shop. I think I'm awesome. I'm this new helper person for the water, and uh, I feel like I'm super awesome, right? Fun fact, I'm still arrogant. Um, we could still still party real hard. Um, I could drink, and the only thing I drank was tequila. The only thing I drank was tequila. It's a pretty light
0: drink. Yeah, y- it's y- pretty, yeah. Y-
1: you definitely don't um, <laughs> <Can> make, <laughs> I, I mean, and uh, it wasn't that I needed to drink, but when I started drinking, I couldn't stop. Mm. And the things I would say when I was drinking, I thought I was still 19 years old saying shock stuff around a group of like college students because that was funny, that was cool, and I would still act exactly like that. And I'll be flat honest with you. I said mean things about the kids. I said rude, disrespectful things to my wife. I said things that truly, truly ashamed of, and thank God I found God because, well, he you know, found me, um, because stuff that you think there's no coming back from. I could be absolutely, I could look at one of the kids be like, ah, look at him, and just like make fun of him, not necessarily to his face, but kind of behind his back between us, um, because my dad always had this like joking kind of relationship with me, and I somehow combined that with
0: trying to get attention, because I thought I was cool, mm. and when, di- when did you know, like when did, because obviously at that point, you didn't, you didn't think much about it, or you weren't, you didn't have a lot of guilt about that.
1: No, I I had no guilt about it at all, and that's just, Mm. and that's the foundation. This is the guy that I had become. Um, And fast forward a little bit, I had a couple of cases, two right in a row, where I lost survivors, and it hit me kind of hard. Started drinking a lot more, um, and just got angry and bitter. And uh, I decided I was going to start taking some med courses on the side, and actually I got to the end of it. Um, so that I could focus.
0: And, ha- and how long have you guys been married at this point? Like,
1: <sighs> We got two kids at this point, so five, five years.
0: years. Yeah, so we got Mason and Dutch running around. So five years, things aren't awesome, but you're still focused on career.
1: Yeah, focused on career and still think I'm super cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and how's Britt doing right now? Let we're crumbling. I mean, we're just absolutely falling apart. Uh, I think at one point, Actually, at this point, she goes down to Georgia for a little bit with the kids, you know, so I can focus on finishing this course. It's not why. She went down to Georgia because I was a terrible person. It's mm. flat truth. Um, and it, it, honestly, later, it took a while for us to both realize we were doing very similar things in different ways and just crumbling, eroding what we had. So anyways, this is a Saturday morning I'm going in to take my practical exams at the end of this course. And it's all, you know, you're being assessed on multiple scenarios, running different meds and stuff. And she called. I actually give her a call. And uh, she doesn't pick up the first time. I think that's weird. Call back. And she's like in tears. And just, I don't want to talk to you. And I'm like, what is going on? And for some reason, I'm oblivious to this. And she says, uh, Most of us th- men are. Like, we <laughs> I'll yeah. just
0: say it. <laughs> like, we, we usually are. Yeah. Um,
1: something to the effect of uh, I, I don't want to talk to you and I don't intend on returning, which, good on you. Um, and, uh, and, of course, I, I try to do some cheesy line. I'm, I think I said something like, do you want me to grovel? I'll grovel, like nothing with real substance, but just something like give me attention, you know, to try and uh, talk my way out of it. So uh, she's like, I'm not going to talk to you till Monday. OK. Um, and I go in, somehow like lock in, finish the exams, come out, go home, call my dad, and just like break down, talk to him for a little bit. And then I poured a, uh, a mason jar, like, like that big, half tequila, half ginger beer, and a bunch of limes dropped in there. And I was going to just drink my face off because that's how you handle problems when you don't have what you need. And for some reason, something stopped. Uh, something stopped me. And I had this, like, realization that it's not going to be a fix. And I, I needed to, like, if I don't make a change this moment, this is done. I'll never get my wife back. I'll never get my family back. I'll be just that guy who destroyed his life because he refused to act like an adult. Um, so I remember taking this drink, and I, oh, it's good tequila, too. Um, and I, uh, poured it out down the sink and then I just like started grabbing bottles and just dumping them, dumping them like stuff that wasn't even mine, like red mm. wine, just grabbing it, dumping it.
0: And this didn't come from Brit. It didn't come from friends. Like it didn't, it was something that you, that you, you, that you decided. There I have, I have no idea why I did that.
1: Mm. None. That's cool. I mean, I, I know now, Yeah. but at the time I didn't know why something was telling me to do this motion. Mm. Um, and then I remember going back into the bedroom, and, like, I'm thinking of, like, like all right, I've got to tell the story the right way. i got to figure out how to talk my way out of this. And, like, I keep, like, going to that and stepping away from it. And finally, I'm just like, whatever. And I
0: fell down to my knees. And you're an atheist at this point.
1: Oh, like, hardcore atheist.
0: You, you make fun of guys like me. Oh, yeah, and actually, um, <laughs> one of the
1: guys who's now one of my closest friends actually shot me a text this morning. Uh, I would engage him in the shop. He was a very stout Christian, and I loved to mm. engage him directly yeah. to try and chip away, because just I thought that was cool.
0: Just work on him. Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, because I thought I was right and he was dumb. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, fell on my knees. You were pretty and
0: close. You were pretty close.
1: Oh yeah, we were <laughs> real close at the time. <laughs> uh, fell on my knees, and for some reason, was just like, I am not doing this right. I. I Please take it. I don't know if you're there. I don't know if you're listening. I don't know if you're real. Just s- please take it. Mm. I am failing. I, this, my life is in shambles. Take it. Awesome. And uh, talk to her on Monday. Doesn't necessarily go all that well. And, uh, but we, we, we are communicating, at least. Open line of comms, which is good. And at some point, she texts me and says, I want to go to church. Now, we had had a nanny come in and help out, because she had a business, and uh, the nanny's husband was the youth pastor at Evangelical Methodist Church wow. and, uh, in East City. Wow. So, she texted uh, our friend, and was like, hey, I, I want to go to church. I'm going, with or without Steve, I don't care, we're going back to church. So, she texted me, I'm going to church, and for some, you know, I, I said, please, can I come too? And I think that kind of caught her off guard, I mean, especially considering the caliber of person that I was at the time, and uh, flew down, met her in Georgia, Mm. and we drove back for just the worst road trip of all time, the least comfortable uh, road trip of all time, and drove back, and it was slowly, we started going to counseling, and really the only plan i had was sit there and just take a beating for as long as possible because right now the finger was pointed directly at me Mm. and it was just you did this you did this you do this wrong you're a bad person because of this and she was right but there were components that she hadn't recognized about herself that were equally significant
0: and uh we we want to hear those this morning, like a top ten list of what those were. Yeah, I'll get that I'll get that together <laughs> for you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. So so
1: we start uh we start going to church. Um and we're going to counseling and it's yeah, you know, it's me getting beat up. But I'm in the shop one day and I'm over by the shoot packing table and I'm like about to start crying. I'm just like I had lost like twenty pounds. I went from like two fifteen down to one ninety five. Like I just I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I knew I had screwed up so bad, and I was just trying to put it back together. And the same guy who had, who I had like mocked for his faith comes up, and he's like, hey, man, we got this Bible study. Um, we do it on Mondays. You want, you want to go talk about Jesus for a minute? And I was like, yeah, dude, I think I need that. So, we go to this Bible study, and, uh, you know, I had found an old Bible, so I started reading Acts, because the story of Saul, I was kind of drawn to it, obvious reasons, (laughs) and uh, I'm sitting there at the end, the chaplain, John Mabus, who's now one of my uh, close friends, he's like, hey man, can I pray for you? Or He's like, can I pray for anyone at the table? And, dude, I just lost it. Just started bawling, like, like uncontrollably sobbing. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, man, here it comes. Like, you know, someone's going to be looking at me like I'm a, like a wuss or a weakling because that's what I cared about at the time. And uh, nobody, like, cared. Like, it was fine. Everybody was just good with it. So, uh, and Keith comes over and he, like, puts his hand on my shoulder. He's like, come on, man, let's pray. And it was and like no, it was just it was fine. Yeah. Like everyone got it, and I was like, I'm so lost. I have failed so completely. I have ruined my family. Like everything's come unglued. And I, I like I kind of laid out some of the stuff. I didn't go into depth, but like they just were good with it. Yeah. I was like, all right, this is different. It's good, different. So uh, we start going to the chapel, and then we get into EMC. And uh, preacher gets up there, and he's very the guy's brilliant. Talking about a 30-year theologian who was a professor and then went to seminary. So the guy, when he talks, he's like, "Well, you know, when I read the original Aramaic, because I have a small background in it, the word at the time that it was used in this century meant this. So the most accurate translation of that phrase is this." And you're like, "All right, you're." Okay, dude. You're smart. I I like learning (laughs) from you. And uh, at first I thought he was
0: crazy. But you were looking for truth and facts. Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal for you.
1: Yeah, very very empirical. Um, I like data. So I thought he was nuts because what he was saying, I didn't like. That he was like, you can't do these things. Mm. And I still had a little hesitation. So we kind of bounced back and forth. Finally we came back and it really solidified, all right, we're going to stay here. I got in with a group of people. We had a men's Bible study, just amazing guys who didn't mind. Like, dude, I don't care what your sin is. It doesn't matter to me. You tell me and I'm good with it. Yeah. And this isn't you. This isn't the Steve a year ago, a a year before. I mean, this is still, this is still in those early periods. Mm -hmm. And so I'm laying out everything, like all my failures just flat out. Wow. And, uh, we, we, there's, a, there's a real pivotal moment in our life where they used to call people up at the end, like, if you need to just pray about something, you come up, and this is a big church, and you just kneel down the front, and, you know, we'd always been hesitant, to because we were new to this thing, and I went up there, and I kneeled down, and again, I'm waterworks, and blubbery, mascaras running, <laughs> all that good stuff, and uh, my buddy, who's the youth pastor, whose wife was our nanny, comes up, and is just, and then another dude comes up, and he's just sitting there praying with me, and it's fine. Wow. And uh, we, we keep working, and we, we, f- we just kind of point out, we figure out the flaws were on both sides, mm-hmm. and we just start working on them. And we got involved, and in like a year and a half period, I went from this like angry, bitter, drunken atheist who just wanted to be angry to a Sunday school teacher for senior high kids. Wow. Yeah. So... <laughs>
0: So we, we talked about that, the before God, then we talked about God getting a hold of you, and if you haven't read about the Saul to Paul where, where God takes Saul literally to the ground and blinds him because he, he wants to get his attention, you know, and Saul, Saul was a dude who killed Christians, who persecuted Christians, who hated Christians, <laughs> you know, and um, so God got a hold of you
1: yeah um god got a hold of me and i was and we still had a lot of flaws and we still had a lot of stuff to work through um and then we wound up expanding the family a little bit and we had this like plan right oh we're gonna go to the schoolhouse i'm working on getting accepted to the pa program i'm just gonna focus on school it'll Mm -hmm. be easy and then god's like got another two by four bam fourth kid like two weeks later like bam you're moving to alaska (laughs)
0: <laughs> what? So uh, what? So the waves kept coming. Yeah. I, I asked Steve, I said, if you could title this, this talk, what would it be? And he, s- and he said, keep pounding the rock. Yeah. Like, tell us what that means.
1: Well, it's uh, when the, the, the Washington Capitals finally won their first uh, Stanley Cup championship, which is one of the greater moments in human history. This John (laughs) Mulates. Their their uh their motto was keep pounding the rock. He's a Flyers fan. Um it's it's all right, you beat us last, so it's fine. Um it was keep pounding the rock and just continuously applying those things you're learning Hmm. and not being afraid that they're gonna fail you. Yeah. Like keep pushing forward with your marriage, keep opening up and just being completely raw with each other. And just like, these are all of my flaws. Yeah. This is why I'm frustrated right now. Like, and letting her return that. Hmm. And at the end of it, it wasn't like, I'm mad at you. You stink. It was just like, I see your flaws. Your sin's not greater than mine. I don't care. I love you. We're in this together. We're going forward. That's awesome. Just keep pounding the rock. Just keep going. It's going to work. Nice. It, it doesn't mean that we don't still... We got in an argument yesterday about vegetables. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it's going to happen. <laughs> but the argument, they're not the same. It's, I'm not looking to hurt you so I can win an argument. I'm looking to find that common ground so we can grow together. Like, we were in a bad... We were in a trench. Like, we were failing harder. <laughs> That I ever thought possible, I thought I had ruined our family, and now we live in Alaska, have four kids or foster parents, and people who love us are here to support us. Like it's, that was supposed to happen in our plan, but it did, because mm. it wasn't our plan.
0: Yeah It's really good. Um, you guys give Steve a hand. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> Thank you for sharing by the way Bef- Before you completely sit down Stephen Britt come up, come up here um, If you guys are, are at all Involved in Stephen Britt's lives I know this is a little weird and uncomfortable But if you guys will just come on up for the front with me We want to pray for you guys And um, I, am, I am so thankful I've just been here six months So literally anybody who wants to come pray um, And I just joint circle around this couple um, We've just known you guys like seven months And um I am I am grateful for how God got a hold of you, you both of you, and uh, I I told this couple that it, that I'm excited about the direction and it's it's not about perfection, right? Like none of us are perfect and none of us will ever be perfect this side of heaven, um, but we are headed in the right direction and so we'll pray for you guys. Father, we love you, and um, God, you knew, you 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 planned this meeting, you planned this couple. Um, to share your love and um, share how you got a hold of them, God and I thank you for the moments where you use two by fours <laughs> to get our attention. Um, thank you for getting all of our brother Steve and um, God and father thank you for for encouraging Brit and letting her hang in there and letting her know there there's something better ahead and um, Father, I, I pray that you continue to heal, that you continue to provide, that um, you continue to grow your love and your peace in this couple. And, but Father, I, I, I thank you for the friends and family that are surrounding them now and those that aren't here, but that love them tremendously. Um, and Father, I am thank you that Steve and Brett are, are, are able to say it's because of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love you. I thank you for what you're doing in their lives. And Father, I thank you for what's ahead. Um, bless and protect their family and their kiddos, um, and thank you for the great things to come. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Whew, <laughs> <laughs> love you guys. <laughs> Steve did not tell me that he was a crier. Whew, he said Britt was a crier. So, <laughs> thank you, Steve. Thank you, Brett, for sharing. I don't know about you guys, but um, there's something important and significant about, man, you should have told me you were a crier. (laughs) 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 He he said he didn't think. Um, About sharing when God gets a hold of us. Like each one of us, right? And I don't know where you are. I know God used a two-by-four to get my attention also. So I have appreciation for that. Um, but what's cool, and you've heard me say it since I stepped through these doors, that none of us are perfect. Like none of us are. And I think that's the best thing about this generation of believers that we're willing to say, you know what? There's, there's literally not a single one of us that are doing this perfectly right. But we love the one who is. You know, we love Christ. Um, bold intimacy. Thank you guys for modeling that. And it's not easy, is it? You know, the waves keep coming. And even as we accept Christ, it doesn't mean that those waves aren't going to come. It just means that we know that there is a hope and there's a plan in, in the waves. And that he's, he's chiseling us for His purpose. So, I, uh, Yesterday, and I'm, I'm not a prophet, but I'll, I'll just say it. Like I had a moment where I felt like Steve and, and maybe guys like Steve who are brave enough to share their heart and their story in Brit might stand in front of a stadium one day when I, when I, and share that story to a bunch of men who need to hear it or a bunch of couples that need to hear it. Um, that that 1 Corinthians, Corinthians 16, 13 through 14, I got to see 23,000 men hear that scripture, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, Act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. And I, I watched 23,000 men, and out of those, like 2,500 of those men walked up just like you did and knelt down in front of a stage and said, I'm, do- I'm done with the way I'm doing this life. Like, I want to do it your way. So let me wrap up. And I, I just had that, had a vision yesterday, man. I said, What, what if it's somebody like Steve? is that next guy that stands in front of a stadium of a man and shares his story, and it changes lives. And I'm like, "It's, it's already happening. Like, and I'll continue to pray for that. It's what God wants for each of us, guys. Like every single man and woman in this room, I believe that God is after you, and he will not let up because he loves you that much. Bold intimacy begins, as we heard in Steve's story, with selfless love. Selfless love. I like to say, if you really read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, like the Gospels, you'll get to see that's all Christ was trying to tell us. Like, that it's really not, not about worrying about what other people think. And the hardest part for us is to get, it, get our eyes off of ourselves, right? Long enough to realize he's put somebody amazing right in front of us to love. Um, and how many marriages get it right, and how many of us get it wrong... And But that's not the point. The point is that we grow. Let me finish with Philippians 2, 3 through 10. And I was searching for the right scripture as Steve and I talked, especially over the last 48 hours. And I landed here, and I don't know that it's perfect, but it's, it's pretty good. So Philippians 2, 3 through 10, and then we'll wrap up. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not to only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Once we find our identity in Christ, and I'll wrap up with this it literally changes everything. And, and we were all once like on the other side of it, going, "I don't know if that's real. Like, I don't know, like, I'm not going to jump off the cliff with with you crazy Christians. Like, where is your God, you know? Show him to me. Like, I'm even praying for my kids, 22 and and 17, because they've grown up in a house of what? Of ministry and faith, right? And I pray for them going, God, make yourself real to them. Like, I don't want them to follow just because I'm employed by the church, right? Like, I want them to follow because you're real, like you show up to them. Our identity in Christ is everything. Um, men in the room, since this is a guy's version of, of, the, uh, of the marriage talk, and we'll do uh, ladies next week, by the way, we're going to have a panel of ladies, and we're going to interview them. They get to say what, you get, ladies get to say whatever you want. So if you're interested in that, let me know. You could be a part of that panel. This week was men's week. So men, I want to I wanna talk to you and, and challenge you. If your identity is anything different than this, I I promise. Like don't don't wait until the 18 wheeler hits you. (laughs) Like don't wait until you're you're losing all of it to go. Okay, like my way's not very smart. Your identity is you. You are kings. Like God made made each of you men to be a king, a warrior. Like really we're made to be more warriors there's a reason why we want to go to war when we're 16 18 like he put that in us like we want to go fight for a good cause we want to go make a dent in this world you're lovers like he gave us each of us one woman to love to love one another to love god and love love another and then we're also friends we're here as brothers and friends, and we're here to encourage one another and build each other up. You know, before Steve had Christ, he did what? He was very good at tearing people down, right? But, but like, Christ isn't this cheesy, wimpy, like, he's not. Like, he is more like the rock with a, with a piece of wood in his hand. Our identities are in Christ, and men were kings, we're warriors, we're lovers, we're friends. That's the compass. And we'll talk more about that in the future. Ladies, I have a challenge and encouragement for you, but you have to come back next week. Proverbs 4.23, and I'm ending up now. Above all else, guard your hearts, for everything we do flows from it. You know? And what, what we have in our hearts, what we, what we really have in our heart and our soul, it overflows. It overflows into everything else. If you've got anything in your heart other than love, let me just say that, like, I hope you know there's like a, there's a yellow flag, maybe even a red flag in your life, and I guarantee there's people all around you saying, I, like, I, I want you, I want to introduce you to, I want to just love on you and be available for you as a friend. First Peter 4, 8, and I'll end with this, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Uh, let me pray. Father, we love you. God, I, I thank you that we get to talk about this cool thing that you made us for, bold intimacy, love. God, I thank you that it's, it's, um, it's a manly thing as we're talking about today from, from a man's perspective, real men love. You've called us to stand firm to act like men, to be strong, and to let all that we do be done in love. And Father, it's, it's not just about the men, that just, that's just the, how we're using it today. It's, it's for each of us to love one another. Thank you for the reminder. Father, I thank you that you got a hold of Steve, you took him to the ground, and you said, that's it. Like, I've, <laughs> I've had enough, and you've had enough. And I thank you that you use a two-by-four sometimes to get our attention. Father, I pray for it, for every man and woman in this room right now. Um, I thank you that you give them the option to just walk with you and do it your way. Father, I thank you for the church that we get to explore what that means together in your word. Um, if you're standing in here today, and like Steve, if you've, if you've never said, you know what, I'm done with myself, I'm ready to do it God's way, um, I, I just want to invite you right now to to just clarify that, to put a stake in the ground and say, you know what, I'm not going to wait for the 18-wheeler to run me over, like, or maybe it d- won't take that, but I just want to give you the opportunity to settle it today, February 16th, and let me just pray, and if, if that's you, just pray along with me. Father, I, God, I don't know where I've been or what I've been doing apart from you, and I, I just know that simply I'm done doing it my way. And I love you. I want to live this life fully. Please forgive me. Please just call me towards you. And I'm in. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand with us. I also want to.